Welcome to I Speak Human, a podcast about navigating the human experience by way of the stars. I'm your host, intuitive astrologer, Akashic record reader, and fellow human, Victoria Greer Stevens. Join me each week as we look to the stars to answer life's big questions. Who are we? Where are we going? And why are we here? This is I Speak Human. Hello and welcome back. This is episode 25 of the I Speak Human podcast. I think I'm going to giggle for a while because I'm just like, holy shit, I'm still doing this. Good job, Victoria. Good job, good job, good job. So I talk to myself all day long. That's not true. Sometimes I think really shitty thoughts about myself, like I'm sure we all do. Um, But I really try to say, good job. Good job. I try, you know, I have my moments. I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're just fucking beautiful, aren't you? You're beautiful and you're smart and you're talented and you're funny and you're sexy and you're intuitive and you're brilliant and you're hardworking and you're driven. And those days, those are, you know, I like those days. I like picking, I like being nice to myself instead of being mean to myself. You know, it's hard though. It's really hard to like feel like stay nice to yourself because like (laughs) if you think about like being with your partner, like as much as I love him and I do, he's like the bee's knees. Um, But it's hard to stay nice to him consistently because I live in a house with him (laughs) and that's the only reason and I share a bed with him and I share a bathroom with him and I share so much of my space and so much of my time with him that's hard to stay nice to somebody that you share that much space and that much time with consistently um but I have to say I think we do a pretty damn good job like if there was somebody I was going to want to spend that much of my time with Yeah, I think it's good. But the point is, is that I'm not always nice to him. and He's not always nice to me. And I think, you know, if any couple were honest, they would say that they're not nice to their partner 100% of the time. Um, But if I'm not nice to him sometimes, then you know I'm not going to always be nice to myself because I'm with myself more than I'm with him. Um, I'm with myself more than I am with any other human. Sometimes I feel like I'm with children more than I'm with myself. (laughs) I do feel like I'm like, sometimes I feel like Miss Hannigan, like I'm just dripping with children. I do love my kids. I don't feel like, I'm not like drinking in the back room like Miss Hannigan. Don't worry, guys. Um, Sometimes I feel like I spend more time with kids than I do myself, but I don't. I spend the most time with myself and it's hard to be nice to yourself that much. Anyway, like that was a really long way of saying that, but I'm trying to get better at it. I think I am actually am getting better at it. One way I'm getting better at it is to set uh, uh, more realistic expectations for myself. Uh, I think that's something I've really been like seeing about myself is that that my Jupiter, my Jupiter bites me in my ass sometimes. My Jupiter is in my twelfth house, and it's it's exalted. So if uh, and I'll put oh by the way guys, I'm putting a little vocab list in the show notes now. So if I say a big old fancy word that I've either never said before or never defined, or maybe it's just a big old fancy word, um, I'm going to define it in the show notes. So I may not define it every time I say it, but if there's a word you don't know and you don't recognize, hopefully I put it in the show notes. And if I didn't, 
please DM me because I want to put that in the show notes in the future or just be aware. Um, And I want to kind of get a grid also for how much astrology you guys know. And this is a language. So I kind of feel like we just started um, a language class. Like you're at, you're taking a language, you're taking an online commuter because I know a lot of people listen to podcasts in their cars. You're taking a commuter uh, language course in the stars. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, ladies and gentlemen, and the inner ladies of the gentlemen listening, um, or however you identify yourself. Isn't it great that there's so many flavors for femininity and masculinity now, and it's not just one? And some people don't even use those words, and isn't that cool? Anyway, I think being human is cool. I think the evolution of human is really cool. I'm enjoying watching it. (sighs) Glad I came back for this shit. (sighs) So, you want to hear what we're talking about today, guys? Yeah, you do. Because this... i got to put my crystals down. If you hear that jangling, those are my crystals. These are, oh, shit. Hmm. I almost always know my crystal names. This is rare. It's something. It's like, I can like see the name. I just can't quite pronounce it. It's like, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to start pronouncing it because it's very similar to a slur for Jewish people and I'm Jewish. So I'm not going to say that word, but the crystal name is similar to it. So I don't want to start getting in there with those letters <laughs> and accidentally say it. I may cut that part. I don't know. We'll see. That might make it in actually, because it's true. Anyway, that's what those jingle jangling are. I've been so inappropriate this episode. That seems appropriate for some reason. I feel like maybe I'm like coming into my own, coming into who I am. Or it's just 7 o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to record a podcast episode. Yeah, that's right. I'm recording this shit at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. I mean, I, yeah, that's 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 the kind of week we're going to have, ladies and gentlemen. I'm actually recording this. Let me tell you when I'm recording this. I'm recording this on March 8th. It's Monday, March 8th. It's 7.07 a.m. Central Time. So this should air. This will air on the 14th, I suppose. I really like the 14th. It's Pi Day. And if you guys don't know what Pi Day, like the number Pi in math, um, like 3.1415, I don't know. It's it's. I used to know like 40 numbers of Pi. Fun fact about me. I'm a math nerd. My mom's a mathematician. She actually has the Pi symbol tattooed on her wrist that she got done on Pi Day. And this is a true story. <laughs> and... Uh, it's pink. It's hot pink. And I think I had something to do with it. I kind of said it in jest. She was going to see her best friend from like, I don't know, I think they met when they were like 13 in Oregon and stay with her and her husband. And they stayed friends and they were friends with my parents and they're really, really sweet people. Um, and my mom was going to go stay with her. And my mom's friend, I won't say my mom's friend's name. I don't know why. Just trying to be like, you know, 
give people their privacy. Uh, we're from I'm from South Carolina, so we give everybody their privacy. It's just like the state code. I'm pretty sure it's like on the sign coming into the town. It's like, welcome to South Carolina. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Which is really funny. If you remember when Caleb and I talked about the Ponzi scheme that my family had some affiliation with in South Carolina. Yep, that's the state motto. We'll keep your shit quiet if you keep our shit quiet. Or snitches get stitches. No, it's not like that. It's not like the mafia. It's just like there's just like this nice polite town code where like people don't tell each other shit. I think it's great. I think maybe we should go back to that. I think Instagram should turn into that. Leave people alone. I'm kidding. A lot of other things South Carolina does that I'm not a fan of, but that one, you know, it's also bad because then you you suppress a lot of things and, uh, boy, we're getting deep today. We're getting metaphysical today. I watched WandaVision twice in the past week. So that's actually pretty reflective of what's going on with the energy right now. Um, Hell, I'm talking solo. My partner editing this is going to be like, what the fuck? She's talking solo, baby. I'm so sorry. I can start talking higher now because really this is where I talk when I speak and I do podcast because this is the healthy place for my voice. Um, talking down here, it's like your fry register and it's really not healthy and it's really not good. So um, I don't know which voice you prefer. Honestly, I really don't give a shit because this is the healthier of the two voices. <laughs> um, and this is the one that I'm going to now choose to speak in because this is me supporting my voice and this will keep my voice from getting tired. Man, I literally used to change the sound of my voice growing up to be lower because I knew that this tone annoyed some people. Isn't that fucked up? Like, I consciously remember doing that. That's some deep metaphysical shit right there. Oh, that's like some deep human shit, not metaphysical. It's more like psychological. That's some deep psychological shit right there. If you guys are still listening to this episode, you're my real people. Thank you. Really appreciate you. We are going to get into the subject, I promise, James. (sighs) My friend James, if he's listening to this, he's like, if that bitch doesn't get to the subject, and if you're not James, but you're like James, you're still James. You're the archetype of James to me. I'm going to reinvent my own Zodiac wheel. So one of them is going to be called James. (laughs) That's the person that wishes that I would get to the point. So if you fall under that archetype, DM me. I'm a James, and I'll give you some love back. But I'll also appreciate that you kept listening, because now I am going to get into what we're talking about today. But I do want to kind of talk about the energy a little bit. So sorry, James, if this is this is as on topic as I can be right now, because we've got some shit going on. I'm actually going to jump to, and it's good shit. That's cool. Right now, we've got a lot of shit going on, but I'm going to jump to when this episode would be airing, because if I just tell you about what's going on now, you're going to be like, yeah, that was last week. Cool. That's not going to help me now, astrologer. So I'm trying to help you out. Let's see. So it really wants me to pick a country, so I'm going to. What locator, what birth chart readers do you guys use? I'm curious. DM me that. I'd love to know. I'll probably try to convert you to mine because I love mine, but 
You don't have to use mine. Use the one that you want to use. Ooh, my. Next week will be quite the mystery. Well, as you know, if you listen to March forecast episode, that we had a juicy, spicy. I wouldn't call it spicy. It's definitely juicy and sweet and mystical and dreamy and groovy, baby. New moon this past weekend. You're probably still feeling some of those new moon vibes and it's in Pisces and it's gorgeous. So if you're curious about that, um, the energy you're kind of still swimming in, probably some of it you were feeling this weekend, um, go check out that March forecast episode. Basically, you should be listening to the March forecast episode because a lot of what I talk about the month refers back to that. So you can kind of get away with doing the rest of the podcast in whatever order you want. But listening to the forecast episodes every month, super important. I'll help you. Um, same with like the year, the year ones. Go listen to those and they build. So I think it's kind of fun to like go through. I did skip Jan- January and I apologize about that, but I got you 2020 um, forecast. No, I missed February. Damn. I got you on January. February is where I where I failed you. Sorry, the energy was super intense, and it was on my descendant, on my North Node in Aquarius. Fuck that. Love you guys. I needed a I needed a little R and R. So let's talk. I've got to get my voice back up here now. Um, let's talk a little bit about the current energy that's going on. As you know, yep, you experienced that juicy little new moon experience in Pisces. Um, We still got that sun conjunct Neptune. Ooh, that's great. That makes me happy because that's um, what's going on, going on currently. So I can kind of let you guys know. Let's chat about this energy. Okay. First of all, if you haven't gone, if you haven't seen WandaVision, need to see WandaVision. If you follow me, you're probably so sick of hearing me post about it. But if you've seen it, you'd understand. So go see it. And it's on Disney Plus. You're going to have to make friends with a Disney Plus person. But guys, it's so the energy right now. Oh, my God. And Mercury is about to go into Pisces. Um, Mercury is going to go into Pisces on pause. I don't just have this shit memorized. Boy, do I wish I did. I use some of it. I do. But I feel like. I'm a little fuzzy because, oh my God, wait, it enters Pisces tomorrow. Okay, this is amazing. Um, That's right. So, well, and tomorrow, oh no, fuck today. Guys, I've been saying it was the wrong date. I said it was Pi Day. It is not Pi Day. It is March 15th, which that's hilarious because I've been all over the place this episode and super dreamy. This is totally the vibe and the energy right now because Mercury just entered the sign of Pisces. And I'm talking like real time for you bitches because time is secular and it doesn't exist. So I'm like in your time talking to you right now. That is some trippy fucking shit. But like my perception of it is that it's March 8th. Wait, what day did I say it was? Did I say it was March 7th? Guys, I'm literally like living in an uh, alternate universe where time just like jumped and skipped forward. That's probably not true. I'm probably just, it's Mercury and Pisces energy that I'm picking up on. So Mercury and Pisces makes you super fucking like 
mystical and dreamy. It can also make you want to do a lot of drugs and like to have a lot of escapism because Mercury is your mind. Mercury is like your mental state. It's your thoughts. And Mercury likes to so think about your, you know, your mind, like if your mind is sharp, it's really logical and it's practical. And um, like if you're, you know, a really detail oriented person, you might be somebody that's like getting a lot of shit done, um, like really, but really aware and like really sharp. Um, so air, so Mercury rules Virgo and Gemini. Gemini moves, it's an air sign. So it's really, so one way that you know, your thinking can be really sharp is that if it's flexible and if it's moving around and if it's constantly learning information and then you're able to kind of go in and be like, boom, like with this idea or whatever. Um, and then Virgo, it's really practical and it's making sure all the details are connected. And it's, you know, you want to call your Virgo friend if you like need to read over a contract because they like can take a part. Actually, that's funny. We, we had something go on last week and we called... Um, Caleb's brother and wife, um, and they're a Virgo and, Aqua- and an Aquarius, and that's just the most hilarious shit. Like we're we're like, okay, we need the Virgo to help us take it apart, and the Aquarian to help us like find the ideas. <laughs> um, anyway, so and they're both projectors, so very helpful people to call in a bind because you're like, okay, rise above and see the whole situation. Um, if you don't know about projectors, go check out human de- my human design episode. Actually, I have two. I have one with Shannon Woodruff, um, and that one was when it was a, still the Generator podcast. And then I have one with Kristen Sigmund, um, and that was on the I Speak Human podcast. Actually, Kristen is a, is a one of a four-parter series that we've not recorded anymore for, but we both are still on board and are going to. Um yeah, there's this. I feel like this podcast is just bursting with energy of like ideas and guests and teaching. And it's so like, get one podcast is not that much like to put out content wise for a week. You know, you think about Instagram, you can put out 35 pieces of content. And yeah, I could like release this podcast more often, but podcasts take a lot longer to produce. And so, honestly, like a week is pretty much all like we have capacity to do right now, like once a week. Uh, But yeah, it's a, it's a weird modality to speak because um, yeah, I'm getting really off subject and I'm starting to drain my own energy. So I'm going to come back now. I'm going to take a breath in. I am all over the place today. This is this Mercury and Pisces energy. Take a breath in. Let now I'm going to take a little break. So I can come back to y'all fresh. Okay, so I got myself centered. I did. I had some nice talking. I talked kindly to myself. Um, I'm going to go. So this is our second episode in the Element series. And I was talking before all about the energy of Mercury and Pisces. And the energy right now really is so strong. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, I'm also going to rub my hands together because there's so like I feel like I'm swimming right now. Um, yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought the crystals. Well, maybe I did, but I'm amplifying this energy with the crystals I'm using. I'm using my Rondite and then I'm using a blue, I don't know. I can't pronounce it. I'll link it below though. I'll look it up and link it below if you're curious, but it increases your intuition and your connection with your third eye. But 
I think I'm a little floaty right now, but I'm gonna go with it. Um, my more grounding crystals are downstairs and I don't feel like going to get them. <laughs> so I'm not going to. Um, but so this energy right now, Mercury in Pisces is, it is this swimmy. It's like not getting to the point. It's just floating through time and space and not trying to arrive somewhere. And it's, it's, you know, Mercury, as I was talking about earlier, Mercury likes being in Virgo and Gemini. It likes being in earth signs and air signs um, more so than a water sign. Anytime Mercury gets into water signs, it's like your technology getting wet. That's a really good way of thinking about it. Like those two things just don't mix. Like you don't want your technology getting too hot. So fire, I'm not saying that like fire signs are bad. I'm talking about like for the sake of mercur mercurial purposes. So it's just, it, this, these are energies we're, we're talking about. I'm talking for the sake of mercury. Mercury wants to get you know, that's the energy. And then you have the energy dressed in a certain way, if you want to think about it that way. So Mercury in your chart is like your desire to communicate and connect. And that's like, I mean, technology doesn't have a soul, but I would say if it's purpose, it's to connect, like it's to connect ideas, connect people, connect yourself to your own ideas, like it has a connection force. Um, and so you know, you don't want, and Mercury rules technology, it rules communication, it rules the conversation in between. I talk a lot about Mercury in last week's episode as well, um, I think, or the episode. I've talked a lot about Mercury lately because they've been this big shifts. Mercury has been having these big shifts, and I knew that Mercury was about to go into Pisces. And that's always because that's, so that's what Mercury is. And so we're going to stay on that. Mercury doesn't want to get wet. So like your technology, you don't want your technology to get too wet and you don't, or wet at all, and you don't want it to get too hot. So anytime that your like thoughts or your, you know, gets too hot, so like in a fire sign or, um, a water sign, you know, it's, it's not, Mercury doesn't get to do as much as it wants to do. Um, but it's fine <laughs> because it's like a different manifestation of Mercury. But I'm just saying like, that's Mercury's feeling. Like Mer it's like, if you can imagine like Mercury, I feel like is like the guy that like comes to a party and doesn't quite know how to loosen up. And then like, he's there for a while and he's like feeling the music. Yeah okay, cool. And then like some cute girl comes and talks to him and he like loosens up a little bit more and maybe like somebody like gives him a drink and he like gets into a conversation he really likes and like he starts coming out. And like, I feel like that's kind of like Mercury going into a water sign. Like he's having a kind of connection with his emotions. He'd rather be like behind a computer or doing something practical or physical like he's you know connecting with emotions and passions it's not like his jam it's not like his thing so I kind of want you like that's how I envision my mercury archetype um and then it's probably because I have mercury and Capricorn that probably is my mercury um I'm like yeah okay I think I want to talk to people I don't know maybe um but I am really chatty as you can tell um but I want to talk about what I want to talk about, 
which a lot of times it's, you know, it's astrology, it's emotional health, it's all this jazz. So I'm a selective audience kind of gal. So Mercury in a water sign, it's a lot more creative. Um, it's a lot more intuitive. It's not thinking through like, okay, what's the right thing? You know, I'm not, I'm coming into this podcast. I don't have like notes laid out and prepared. Um, I just know it. I just really know um, this information of what we're talking about today um, probably would help me to stay on track, let's be honest. So that's kind of a tip for um, Mercury and Pisces season. Keep a lot of notes um, because they'll help ground you. Uh, and that's probably something I'm not doing a great job of right now is, you know, using that opposing earth energy. But, you know, thought I'd throw it out there for you. I was going to talk about um, air signs today, but I actually think that I'm going to talk about water signs instead because there's so much water energy going on right now. And so I think that that would be a really good way to kind of understand the energy of what's going on right now so that I can go a little bit more into some of this as I go into that sign, which is Pisces, um, but also stay within our element uh module or module <laughs> our element series so today let's start with the element of we're going to talk about the element of water so water it's mutable it's yin it's flowing it's intuitive actually i've heard and i really like this that fire is intuitive and water is like psychic or water might is like telepathic, but fire like intuitive in the sense of fire is intuitive in the sense that it knows the it does the act has the thought and the action in one foul swoop like it's very like okay this is the right move to make it's a very it's a I almost want to say rhythmic like it it knows what's coming next. Oh, actually I take that back. It doesn't necessarily follow rhythm. I think that would probably be more earth, like a drum. Um like a really soft it more knows the right time to pounce. Fire's more like the pouncing energy. Um and then water is not like that. Water is more it know it's in flow with the universe. It's an it's a river. You know, you think of water. Water doesn't all of a sudden attack. It's building and it's moving and it's ever changing, and it's always connected. And it can't be separated. Like if you get water from an ocean and get water from your pool and you mix them together, you can't just go, okay, now I'm going to take out the, you know, the ocean water. Now I'm going to take out the pool water. Like it's what's done is done, bro. Like that's it. You could, I mean, there's systems and machines where you could, you know, remove the salt and make it pure again, but you're never going to then have, and I might be wrong about this, so if there's like some science person out there that's like, no, you actually technically can, feel free to uh, DM me and let me know. Um, but at least for the purpose of this argument, you can't, it's not something that you can, it's not like earth. Like if you put an apple and an orange next to each other, I can take the apple away from the orange. Yeah, obviously there's some earth things. Like if you mix cinnamon and sugar, it's going to be a little harder. Like you're not going to be able probably to sit there and get them all separated. 
but you could. Like, there is a physical way to do that. You could, I'm sure there's some, like, little weird life hack, but you also could theoretically go in there with, like, a tiny microscope and tweezers and separate the cinnamon from the sugar. So... But water, again, that's it's that's a different ball game. Um, so there's more fluidity to water. And water opposes the element of earth. So that's it makes sense that I'm like comparing those two because a lot of the we talked about in last week's episode that every element has an opposing element. So fire's opposing element was air, and water's opposing element is earth. And so there's a lot of contrast that we can see between those two. So the water signs, they're Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Um, And just like the fire signs, each of the water signs um, have the three different modalities. And the three different modalities are cardinal, fixed, and mutable. So cardinal is the initiating energy. It's the one that's starting the energy. It's the one that's beginning um, the season. So we talked about last week that the cardinal sign of Aries is fire. Nope, said that backwards. The cardinal sign of fire is Aries, and it's the initiator of like the entire freaking zodiac. So it's a very cardinal sign. It's a it's initiate spring in the northern hemisphere and fall in the southern hemisphere. Um, if you haven't listened to last week's, I highly suggest going back and listening to last week's episode before you listen to this week's episode because these episodes are going to build. Um, and then you'll more easily understand, you know, I go through all the modalities in that one. So go back and listen to last week's, check back into this one. So anyways, so the cardinal sign for water is cancer. And I don't necessarily, I think, I kind of feel like cancer is the most water, water sign. And maybe it's because it's ruled by the moon. And I, we so associate water and the moon with, you know, the moon pulling the tide back and just the, the effect that the moon has on water is insane. It's, and it's so visual for us. So we really get to experience the connection between the moon and water, unlike the other two planets that rule Scorpio and Pisces. So I, I, I mean, maybe that's why in my head I'm like, Cancer's the most water, water sign. Um, cancer is, it's the mother. Um, it's associated with the moon, as I said. It's, we talk about the, well, I talked about last week, the night and the day team. And it's actually, it makes sense to me now doing this, why I felt pulled to do the water signs instead of the air signs this week. I was really torn. I was planning on actually talking about the air signs. I But because of the season and because it's now water season, I felt like, oh, no, I should, you know, let's talk about water. But also, if you look at the planets that rule fire, which are sun, rules Leo, Mars rules Aries, and then Jupiter rules Sag, Water makes more sense to go with fire because the three signs that rule water are Cancer. I mean, I'm sorry, the sun or the moon, 
um, which is kind of, you know, is the captain of the luminary for the night team. And then again, Mars rules Scorpio. Mars rules Aries. Mars rules Scorpio. And then Jupiter again, which rules Pisces and Sag. So it's if and if you see that overlap, it makes sense why um, these elements feel like they go together because this is. You know, I kind of think of the planets as like your aunts and your uncles. So it's like, okay, so Jupiter can have, because, you know, sometimes people get confused. Like, okay, so Jupiter has two signs. Well, yeah, because your your aunt can have two kids. So, you know, your aunt has Pisces and it has Sagittarius. But, like, they're from the same family. Like, if you've, you know, I feel like it's easiest to see this in other people's families than your own. So you like look at your cousins and you're like, y'all are from the same family. You like talk the same. You have like similar, like maybe not the same style, but like I can see it. Um, they have maybe similar mannerisms, just things that they learn from growing up in the same household. So Mars is like the father of Scorpio and Aries. And so you can see that um, because there's a lot of fight in both of those planets. But Aries is a fire sign and Scorpio is a water sign. So if you ever heard about the thing about Scorpio is like, don't piss them off because they'll like get back at you. I don't necessarily think that's true and fair to say for all Scorpio. That's a very low vibration of Scorpio energy. Yeah, it's definitely that vindictive um, bite, you know, I'm going to get back at you. If I can't have you, no one can have you sort of thing. But I think like every Scorpio has to fight that a little bit. And depending on like their level of evolution, they may um, act on it more. Uh, I really love Scorpios. I have a lot of people in my life who I really love. My mom has a lot of Scorpio energy. Um, my friend James I talked about earlier has a lot of Scorpio energy. Um, Caleb's sister, who I really love, has a lot of Scorpio energy. Um, there's a lot. I don't I don't have a ton in my chart, but um, there's there's a lot of it around me, and I've definitely seen the low and the high vibrations of Scorpio. And, you know, the high vibration is just this insane intuition of like, nope, that's not supposed to happen. Yes, that is supposed to happen. Or, you know, whatever, this just naturally really psychic and intuitive and can, you know, see into things. Um, but the lower vibration is that um, if I can't have you, no one can have you. The possessiveness, the... Um, the intensity that comes with control. Uh, and so you can see that that martial energy playing out. So Mars, Mars rules or is the father of Scorpio and Aries. And then we have the two luminaries and that's the moon and the sun. And so the moon rules cancer. So just diving into cancer energy, no pun intended with my water, all my, I'm going to make so many water puns in this episode. I can just tell, um, diving into cancer energy, cancer's the crab, um, cancer energy, you know, everybody's always like, Oh, cancers, they're like crybabies or they're the sweetest or they're cancer, you know, I think gets seen almost as this kind of just oh, like overly emotional, like 
all the time, that's really not cancer energy. Cancer energy is a lot more guarded than that. You know, crabs, they move sideways. And that's kind of how cancer energy is. You know, cancers are going to open up to you once they feel safe. Cancers do have a way of make, making you feel safe, though. They have a way of, like, making you feel like you're at home. Um, cancers, generally, they really love to cook. They love to um, be in the kitchen. They love being at home and nurturing their home in general. They naturally – now, that doesn't mean that every cancer has to be a parent, but they just kind of have that parental – feel to them like the cancer in the group is like okay everybody we're gonna go in who's you know let's take account of how many movie tickets we need and like would go to the front and purchase the movie tickets and then gather the money from everybody that's a very cancerian energy um but it is it's guarded so it it wants to know that you're safe before it lets that guard down and you know the crab has a shell this like protective shell around it that's keeping it safe. And cancers do have that that feel to them. Cancers also, it's a healing energy. So, and it's so creative. It's, um, I'm going to talk a lot about, I think, my cancer kids in this episode um, because the kids that I teach that are cancer signs, because they, they embody this energy. I have one student in particular, and she is just the epitome of cancer energy. She's so naturally gifted musically. She would will cry pretty regularly, but not like at everything. Like she's not like hypersensitive. She cries when you can imagine a child should cry, you know, would cry. Like, I mean, about things like she cries when she gets scared. She cries when she, but she's not afraid to show me her emotions, but I do see them. They're, they're, they're slightly hidden, not like really like guarded, like, oh, I don't trust you, but just there, there's a layer there where she's not going to just go up to anybody and like start crying. Like there's a level of trust that her and I have developed. Um, but the other thing is that she, um, She's really empath. She's empathetic, and also like doesn't really seem to be affected by time. And like she, she's really empathetic in that you know. She gets really upset if somebody you know something is happening to somebody else around her. If somebody's in pain around her, um, but all these are very these are cancer energy. Um, the music especially, a lot of times people that are just really naturally gifted musically have a lot of cancer in their chart. Um, it's ex- it, it's creative. It's also the healer. So cancer energy, it wants to pull you in and draw you into the ocean of its love and then hold you there and heal it. That's the cancer energy. And where cancer shows up in your chart is going to really depend on what is this relationship that you have with it. So cancer, it's very naturally nurturing. So my cancer is in my 12th house. So I talked about last week that where you have cancer, uh, or sorry, whatever 
if you have Aries in the 12th house, it's going to be hidden. So whatever you have in the 12th house might be something that is hidden from most of the world. So like that energy or maybe even hidden from yourself. It may be an energy that you're not really aware of. It's also like can be your hidden enemies, but this is just one manifestation of the 12th house, I think is like parts of yourself that are a bit hidden. So if you know me, you you would know me as like a Leo rising. I'm very supportive. I'm very um, excited to, you know, cheer people's ideas on. I'm always wanting to help people like start new businesses or you know, all these things. And that's, and I'm, I really want people to feel like they can do anything because I think people can. I really, truly, 190 fucking percent think that people can do anything. And I think that you can do anything you want to. You can see how, like, you know, Oprah cheering Tony Robbins, I can get, like, and I really am, like, I'm already, like, I'm firing myself up. There's that Leo, that fire. Um, and you would you would describe me like that. And there's some other places that if you were around me more consistently, you know, you might see my Virgo-ness in my second house of that I like, I value, I really value things being clean and being meticulous. And, you know, when I am looking at my finances, I can be, I, I have a love-hate relationship with my finances. I'm healing my relationship with my finances. But when I'm in a really healthy place with my finances, I'm very, very meticulous about them. I'm very like a Virgo. Um, and I can be really meticulous about like what I eat and my home and like the cleanliness of my home. A lot of that Virgo energy comes out. You might see that. You might see my third house come out where of my Libra energy where I speak really eloquently and I have my moon there and, you know, I'm a great talker. I can talk you up I, or I can, you know, I write really well. This is, you know, your third house of communication. I have a really beautiful relationship with my brother that I really love talking about and I like talking to him and he's a, you know, he's a Libra and those are, that's my third house. And so if you've, you know, you're around me, you might see my third house, but to get all the way to the 12th house, I'm not going to go through my entire chart, but you start seeing, you know, you keep seeing those things and there's more visible parts of my life and less visible parts of my life. But the 12th house is, it's a house that you might not notice for a really long time. And that's that I'm really nurturing. And I have Jupiter there. So I can be, which it's, it's exalted in Cancer. And yeah, when I'm taking care of someone, I am extremely nurturing. I'm constantly thinking of like how I, and even when my mom was in the hospital when I was a little girl after my dad died, I think I, I was like three. I told the nurse, go away. I got this. I legitimately told the nurse to leave and that I would take care of her at three. And my mom was like, yeah, and you did great. Like you, you've really, I've always just been like this, but it's something that's very, and even 12th house, like something really traumatic is going to have to happen to you um, for me to get to that place. But once I'm there, it's, I will nurse, I will be there consistently with you until you feel like you again. And I think that's, that's, but that's a hidden part of me. It's not something that, and it's also not, it's not available to everybody. That's available to like people that are, so almost feel like they're part of my skin, <laughs> if you will, because that's, that's, 
A 12th house is a really, really intimate. I think it's one of the most intimate houses. It's your psyche. It's, you know, it's it's a hidden place. It's not necessarily like your most intimate. It I think it is your most intimate thoughts because it's even the thoughts that you don't always know you're having. So I don't always see that I'm like that. I don't always even describe myself as that. And once you, I think, pay attention, you, you get, to, the more you get to know yourselves, I think the more we get to know ourselves, the more we see all of these different 12 facets of us. But, you know, there are parts of me that I'm like, I see it in my chart. I see it pop up sometimes, but it's not something that I really know how to access. And I think that, you know, what's in our 12th house, that's how some of us feel about it. It's like, I don't know how to access that. Again, I have Jupiter there, so I think I just have like a natural access. It's also like 12th house is like being alone with yourself. Um, it can be like isolation or jail. It can also be like exile. Um, but it's it's away from. So it can also be like going to a retreat, like a beautiful, it's like a, that's a, you know, higher vibration than being in prison. Um but it can also be like your your altar. It's rules spirituality. It rules the in between the realms. So, I you know kind of a little bit of a tangent here, but clearly I really love my twelfth house. Um, but and I don't think a lot of people say that. But yeah, look at your twelfth house. I think that's kind of an interesting. It's a bit of a tangent. But I have cancer there, so. But you can see that nurturing, you know, I, I went on this huge run, but I talked about my mother, and that's very Cancerian. Like, where you'll find cancer in your chart is where you show up like that. Now, again, if you're cancer rising, that might be just the most apparent part of you. And everybody would describe you as, you know, nurturing and kind and, oh, that's who, you know, mama, mama bear, Um or if you're a cancer son, just that, I think mama bear, just that mama bear energy. Um, and you'll have, you know, you'll see that from a young age. Uh, again, the musical, the creativity, all, you know, all the cancers that I know are extremely creative, musical, um, emotional, but again, not the overtly emotional. There's a little bit of guardedness to them. Um and so that's that's the cardinal sign of Cancer. And then let's move to Scorpio. I touched on Scorpio earlier, but let's let's go back to that. So Scorpio, it's ruled by Mars. It's a fixed water sign. So you know Scorpio's Scorpio energy. There's an intensity to it. It's transformational. It's it's the energy of death and rebirth. I don't you know there's there is a school of astrology that assigns all of the signs to a different house like okay first house is Aries second house is Taurus I actually don't do that um I've dabbled in it so you might have heard on a past episode where I've said something like that um but I've really never practiced it consistently um I don't I I don't see that so I don't you know a lot of people want to say oh Scorpio eighth house I don't personally. I think that the houses are their own thing and the, you know, the signs are their own thing. And I think when you try to, you box them in, I think that you, you take away the nuance. So that's, that's kind of more advanced astrology, but that's just my two cents about houses and rulership. Um, I think that you take away a lot of the nuance that way. So 
I don't think of Scorpio and eighth house as being connected necessarily. Um, but I do see the theme about the rebirth and the death. Um, but the but Scorpio energy, it's not afraid of the depths. It wants to look underneath. It wants to see what's underneath what's underneath, you know, and that's that's an energy that is not super comfortable for everybody. So it's not every Scorpio energy is not everybody's cup of tea because not everybody wants to look at the taboo and the ugly and the underneath. And a famous Scorpio is Katy Perry. And I really, I, she's somebody that takes what you don't want to talk about and shoves it in your face. And sometimes in a fun way, sometimes, but she, she, she is going to do the taboo, the thing you're not supposed to do, wear the thing, say the thing. Um, you know, she wrote the song, I kissed a girl and I liked it. And it was this like revolutionary song for its time. And so taboo, so scandalous. Like even saying it, I'm like hesitant to talk about it because I remember when it came out, everybody around me was like, that is the devil and it's so bad. And like, I still think I feel that a little bit on some level. So there's, yeah, there's this intensity to them. So famous Scorpios, Katy Perry, Bill Gates, um, P. Diddy Combs, a puffed, I don't know what his name is now, but Hillary Clinton, I think that's such a great example um, of just like an intensity and like, oh my gosh, talk about some people not liking her, but then some people like loving her. Whoopi Goldberg, if you think about these people, there's just like this intensity to them. Willow Smith, ooh, I really like that example actually. Kendall Jenner, oh, that's a really good one. There's just like this like smoldering intensity to her that you're just like, oh shit, don't. Don't piss her off. Um, and I kind of feel like the those of us that are uh, Winona Ryder, oh, that's a great example um, of a Scorpio. There's just this, like, intensity. Leonardo DiCaprio is a Scorpio. Um, and then, you know, you do see some variances like Julia Roberts and Anna Hathaway, who you would think of, like, oh, well, they're, they're a little bit more um, – sweet and kind, but I bet you if we looked at your their chart, we would see um, some other things that would, you know, color their Scorpio energy to make them a little bit more girl next door because they have. But if you think about like Hillary Clinton and Elon Musk, oh no, Elon Musk is a cancer actually, but Bill Gates, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Katy Perry, there's this just like intensity to them that Kendall Jenner, that just in your face, like, I am going to do the thing that I want to do, regardless of what you think. And they make you, they can make you uncomfortable a little bit. And, but we need Scorpio energy. We need that shakeup because also Scorpios, all the water signs are associated with healing. But Scorpio is like that deep shadow energy healing. Like Scorpio, and Katy Perry is such a great example. She recorded her therapy sessions and like aired them. Like that Scorpio energy, air my dirty laundry, because guess what? We're all human. Scorpio energy is 
is, dear Lord, I have to say this because it's just so real. I talk about like all my kids and their zodiac signs. Well, Scorpio energy is associated with the genitals um, and the rectum and like the reproductive organs. Um, All of my Scorpio kids touch themselves constantly during their lessons. All of them. If it were just one kid, I would not say this. I would not because I would not. But I'm talking like 10 out of 10, this happens. So, and it's little kids, by the way. Like, And that's super, super normal for little children to do that. So, so not trying to like, nothing shameful about that. But I will say that disproportionately, the ones that like I see, and when I say little, I mean like six or seven, like it is very normal for children to do that. Um, But the ones that like I see do it are always Scorpios. And it's hilarious to me that they that they do that because it's that they do it in front of me because it's just such a Scorpio thing to do. They also will like do the thing you're not supposed to do, like fart or like, you know, pick your nose. Like again, normal human body functions, but like my Libra children would never do that because that's not proper. Like there's this, like Libra is aware of the social norm at all times. And when we get to the air elements, I'll talk more about Libra, but it's aware of what the social norm is. And I talked about last week about how like each sign is a slight correction to the sign before it. Well, Libra comes right before Scorpio. And Libra, I would definitely say if you were going to say like, okay, um, like the, hmm, like Emily Post, I'm trying to think of like the, uh, the word for it when like the manor school, like that would be totally like Capricorn Libra energy coming together. It's probably why I was like always like, um, yes, debutante, all that shit, because there is it, there's something about like tradition and values um, being proper. And that's very like Libra energy is doing the right thing that society wants you to do. That would be like a mix of, excuse me, Libra and Capricorn. And then Scorpio comes along after Libra and is like, fuck you. I'm not going to be proper. I'm not going to do so. Like, if you imagine, like, the older sister that's, like, you know, the cheerleader and that's the Libra energy. <laughs> like, the cheerleader and, you know, likes pink and likes bubblegum music. And I love Libra energy, by the way. Libra moon right here, not hating at all. But, like, that energy to, like... Then her sister of, if you've ever seen New York Minute, this is like the perfect example of Mary-Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen's characters. Ashley Olsen, totally the Libra, um, has like the pink perfect room. Everything's like in place. And then you like see this like Scorpio energy of her sister. Like she has a snake. She's like cutting school. She's wearing all black. She, you know, is listening to like metal bands. She plays the drums. Like just this like raw like rock and roll that's very Scorpio energy um it's Mars it's Mars energy and versus you know Venus energy which is Libra um so that's Scorpio and it can manifest and a lot of times Scorpio is associated with sexuality and and you know partly that's because it does rule like I said the genitals and reproduction but there's this There's an intimacy to Scorpio that like, and this is the fixed energy that like locks you in, you know, 
it's just, it gets you there and it keeps you there. Um, and there's an intensity there. And that's, and that's where, you know, that control piece can come in. So like I said earlier, one of the things that, you know, Scorpios have a lower vibration is that they can be really controlling. And because they see the depths and they see the thing that the person should be doing, they think that it's their job to implement that um, or control that. So, you know, a good thing for Scorpio to keep in mind is that, yeah, you do see all of it. And I want to validate that you do see the truth and the stuff that a lot of other people aren't ready to see. But that, but you have to be patient and let people catch up. And sometimes you don't. Like sometimes it's like, and that's I think something that Scorpios have to learn. And is when is it the time for the shock value and to say the thing? And when is it time to keep peace and let people evolve and take their time? And I think that's you know a question we all have to ask ourselves. But I think Scorpios have to ask themselves that more often because they are constantly, they're seeing all the layers to everything. So that's a pretty good shakedown of Scorpio. I want to, I want to get to Pisces. I feel like the Pi Pisces is, <laughs> I feel like Pisces is like the 12th youngest, this like the 12th youngest child and is like rarely gets a, you know, the good shakedown because by the time people get to Pisces, they're always tired <laughs> because it's either like the last sign of the zodiac or the last of the water signs. Either way, Pisces tends to get, and it's Pisces season. So I want to make sure I give Pisces the, give it all I got. Um, so Pisces, it's mutable. Again, it's of course water and it's ruled by Jupiter. So we talked about Sagittarius. I, I really, um, oh, I did want to say this, go back all the way to Cancer. The famous cancers are Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, um, who I just, I think that's, those are such a great example because both of those, don't you kind of want them to be your parent just like a little bit? Um, and that's how I feel about cancer energy. Will Ferrell, I think that's a really great example of just somebody that like you just feel like you could be like friends with. Um, and then of course there's some like, you know, it's not like every single cancer's like, just so, I mean, like Chloe Kardashian. Oh, I love that example because she's just like, you know, no, she's that mama bear energy, but like a fuck you mama bear energy. Like a no, 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 don't mess with my babies. Also, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I really, and Nick Offerman, just like, I think that's a great example um, of somebody. He just feels like a dad, just like totally feels like a dad to me. Um, Caleb's brother-in-law um, and I love him dearly. He's married to the Scorpio. Um, he's a cancer. <laughs> that family's got a lot of water. Um, they got two cancers, a Scorpio, and then one poor Capricorn child that I feel so, I feel for as a Capricorn, um, who's just probably over there going, so many emotions. There's so many emotions in this house all the time. That's how I would feel as a Capricorn kid. Um, but yeah, water signs are very emotional and cancer and Capricorns, let's be honest, we don't love our emotions. So um, we, we, we need that. We need to be surrounded by all the water. Anyway, so those are some famous cancers. Um, but one of the things I wanted to say before we move on to Pisces and start wrapping this up is that you know, if you want to understand a sign, look at its, like, partner planet or its sister planet or brother planet. 
um, or however you want to conceive it, because you you see the like for instance Mars. Look at Aries and Scorpio. Start noticing the similarities about Aries and Scorpio. Start noticing the differences. Like, but one of the things you see is you see that kind of fight warrior, not afraid to get scrappy down there. That's a martial quality. You know, I said Mars ruled war. It rules fighting. That so that's in those signs. That doesn't mean that's all those signs are. But it does mean that it's in there. There's that intensity. I also talked about Mars being like pro- like fucking and fighting. Like it's that primal sexual energy. You see that in Aries and Scorpio. And, you know, with the you, you put the luminaries together. So because the sun and the moon. So, you know, what are the things about Leo and Cancer that you see like the commonalities? Well, for one thing, Leo is very encouraging and it's telling you to like go out and get your dreams and it's very visible and it's like a everybody wants to surround you know a leo so that they can get that fire and that protection and that warmth and that's and then you you know you look at that also with the or you compare that to the cancer of like everybody surrounding the cancer because that's the home. That's the place where there's nurture. That's the place where you're fed and you're healed and you're taken care of. So they're very they're parent signs. You know, the son is the father and the and cancer is the mother. They're very they're maternal. They're 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 your grandparents, and you know that's why I said that about cancer. And I'll, I'll go back and do all the celebrities for the fire sign. Maybe I'll do that in the next episode. Um, but you can you can feel that with those energies, and then and then so I wanted to say that about all three or all those two before we get to Jupiter because Jupiter rules Sag and Pisces. So we talked about Sagittarius energy last week. Again, go back listen to that episode. That's really going to help you, I think, even understand the water signs more. But Sagittarius, it's Jupiter, the planet of Jupiter, it's expansion and it's, and Sagittarius like wants to travel and it wants knowledge and it wants to be the sage and it's the one that's able to see the big picture and then articulate it in a poetic way. And so that same flavor, you know, Pisces grew up in the same house with Sag. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about the fact that Caleb and I were both raised by um, Jupiter ruled mothers. Um, his mom is a Pisces. My mom is a Sagittarius. And you see that they're both teachers. His mom is a preschool teacher. And my mom is a college professor. And the, and I think that's kind of funny because, you know, Sagittarius rules higher education, you know, higher learning where Pisces, I wouldn't say rules any you know, necessarily like education. However, Pisces energy is so playful and childlike, and they also are like the in-between energy. So, you know, Mr. Rogers was a Pisces. Uh, Dr. Seuss is a Pisces. And if you met Caleb's mom, you'd be like, and she's obviously a Pisces. There's this childlike energy that holds so much wisdom. So, you know, teaching a child, and I think that's something that I've really, and I don't have any Pisces energy in my chart. So I, I do have some Sagittarius energy. So I, I feel like I kind of lean into that when I'm teaching like small children. But teaching children, you have to get into this, their universe, you have to get into their 
world. And their world is deep with meaning and archetypes and symbolism. And if you are writing their world off as immature, as stupid, as beneath you, you miss all of the nuances. But read a Dr. Seuss book and see how much depth there is to it. How, you know, the and listen to Mr. Rogers and listen to some of his, you know, philosophies about life. They're so simple and so deep. And that I feel is the Pisces way. There's this childlike innocence to Pisces that has felt and experienced the pain of the entire world and has transformed into the ability to love from that place. And and Pisces can also use that energy to escape reality because they do feel so, so much. Some famous Pisces are Drew Barrymore. Um, Kurt Cobain, I think, is a really good example of somebody that just absorbed the pain and the feelings of the world. Um some others, Elizabeth Taylor, Justin Bieber, Rihanna. So you see a lot of musicians just as water signs in general, um, especially Pisces, George Harrison, Steve Jobs. So Johnny Cash and just, yeah, that's, those are some, those are some examples. Um, And you, you see in these people, there is, there's, there, there is a theme of a lot of, um, drug use and not everybody that I just mentioned. So I'm not saying everybody I just said is like has a history of drug use, but that that is very rampant in Pisces and in some cases like Kurt Cobain ends up taking their own life. Um, and that unfortunately can happen. You know, the lower vibration of Pisces energy is an inability to be able to be here because they can feel the pain of the world. So a high vibration of Pisces energy and is, is, you know, that Mr. Rogers, that Dr. Seuss, that imaginative, I can see beyond, you know, this reality that's been created for me. And, or I think Drew Barrymore is such a beautiful example of both extremes of somebody that did get lost in the drug and the alcohol and the partying and the escapism. And, you know, she was raised on screen. Also, Pisces, even though it is traditionally ruled by Jupiter, it's associated with Neptune. I'll also go back and say that Scorpio is associated with Pluto. I personally do not ascribe that they are ruled by those planets. However, I do like to keep them in mind because there is some association there that, you know, there's that nebulousness to Pisces that is very similar to Neptune energy and Azure, and it's associated with screens. So, you know, I talked about that we've been binging WandaVision and it's, oh my gosh, it's such a perfect Mercury and Pisces, like Neptune sun Pisces example, because you know, Neptune is all about illusion and deception. And in the show, that's what is happening. There's so much illusion and deception, even by the person. I don't want to give any of it away because it's so brilliant, but it's all a, but a theme, not it's all about, but a theme that shows up throughout the show is 
what is reality? Is reality, you know, the 3D? Is reality in our mind? Can we create our own reality? Can we change our reality? Can we um, morph one reality into a new reality? And and all through the illusion of screen. And that's that's Neptune. Neptune rules screens. It rules illusion. And I love that Neptune wasn't discovered until around, you know, it was discovered around time we started viewing things through screens. And when we started doing that, our consciousness changed because something changes when you're no longer just seeing things with your physical eyes. You are now seeing an illusion of reality. And I don't want to get too far into Neptune because like I said, I don't, I don't say that Neptune rules Pisces, but I do think that that those themes are definitely accompany the Piscean energy of you don't always know where you begin and another person ends. And as I've, this is a very Piscean feeling episode. So my Pisces are probably loving this episode if they, if they listen to this long, because, you know, you guys dig the nebulousnessness or nebulousnessness. Um, you dig the, you know, vibe, vibey feel and not know, you know, it's cool that water is running into each other. We're like a Capricorn's like, okay, but how much longer is this episode? And did, you know, the Capricorn in me is like, did I give enough equal time to each of the signs? And, you know, did I talk more? Did, you know, my Capricorn's calculating <laughs> and it wants to make sure that I like did the right thing. But, you know, my Piscean energy is like, or my, you know, water energy isn't, it's not like that. It's like, it's cool, man. Like, whatever, get in flow, get in a flow with the energy of what's going on right now. And don't worry about the logic. And that's, that's, that's how Pisces, Piscean energy feels. It wants to be connected with the spiritual and what's in between. There's a lot of gray for Pisces. One thing I love about Pisces energy is they learn to speak the language of the person that they're talking to so quickly. Um, I was talking about Caleb's mom as a Pisces, and I love, love, love how she has figured out my language and speaks it to me. And, you know, I don't think she knows anything about astrology, but she's always finds something positive to say and always, you know, encourages me and will find ways to speak my language. And that's something that I think is so beautiful about Pisces. And they don't even necessarily agree with you or disagree with you. You know, that's that's not a Pisces word. If you ask a Pisces, well, do you agree with what I'm saying? They haven't probably thought about that. Maybe, but that's not something Pisces don't really want to take stands on things that they don't have to take stands on. And that's, you know, depending on where Pisces is in your chart and how many planets you have there. Um, if you have Mercury in Pisces, you might be, you know, I don't really want to think through the logic and the data. I want to make decisions a lot more intuitively. Um, if you have your moon in Pisces, you might feel like that, like your emotions, you may process them there in a very spiritual way versus somebody that has like their moon in Virgo and wants to make pros and cons list to feeling this feeling before they choose to feel this feeling. And, you know, my air signs that want to talk about it and, you know, intellectualize it. And my, 
fire signs that want to do something about it. You know, Pisces moon wants to connect with the emotions of it, the intuition of it, create art with it. Pisces energy is so good at creating art from their nebulousness, their confusion. Pisces is okay with being confused, I think, in a way, but they're also always looking for clarity. So it's a very friendly sign. They always make you feel accepted and like you belong. All of the water signs, I think, uniquely have a way of keeping you without force. So, you know, a cancer makes you feel so safe and secure that you don't want to leave. There's there's this depth because another quality of water is that it seeps into everything, right? So we talked about earlier, you don't really want your technology getting submerged in water, but you, you know, water seeps into every pore of everything it touches. So, that, that emotion seeps its way in there. Scorpio will make you feel so seen and like nobody's seen that depth of you that you don't want to leave. And you'll and a Pisces, you've never felt more accepted than you feel. Um, it's, it's, it can, for me, I don't, my, Pisces is in my eighth house and I don't have any planets there. It's an energy that I think I, I kind of struggle a little bit with because you can't quite, <laughs> Pisces is the fish. You can't quite put your finger on it. Like, and I have a little bit of a hard time with that nebulousness. I think as I age, I'm getting more comfortable with it. But it's not a logical, a logical sign. And it it makes me feel weird. (laughs) If I'm being totally honest, like I just don't, I like it in like Dr. Seuss and Rod and you know, Mr. Rogers, but just the nebulousness and I can't quite put my finger on it of Pisces energy. I like being around it. But I also I don't always understand it. So I don't think we're supposed to understand Pisces energy. But again, depending on where it is, it's going to have a different effect on you. Um, And as far as my kids, my Pisces kids go, I don't have a lot. I think I have one or two, which is, you know, a low amount out of like 46 students to only have one or two of a sign. Um, I do find that I attract signs that I have. Like I have a lot of Capricorn kids. Um, I have a decent amount of Sag kids. I have a lot of Aquarius kids. Um, so yeah, I think I, I I have a lot of Libra kids. I think Leos. Oh, I have so many, so many Leos. I think I attract what I have a lot of, and I don't have a lot of Pisces energy, so I don't attract a lot of Pisces kids. Um, but the ones I have are very sweet. Very, very, very sweet. Um, but don't really always seem here on planet Earth. And they honestly seem too sweet for their own. Like, it makes me nervous how sweet they are and how trusting they are. Um, and I think that's a little bit of what we feel with Pisces sometimes. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, sweet baby lamb. No, 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 no. And it's not that they're weak. They're not weak. They are very powerful and they're very strong and they're very intuitive. But they also feel so much and they are so trusting. And and again, I think every Pisces um, if you have more earth in your chart, you know, depending on what your chart looks like, I'm thinking of one of my Pisces students and she's just like, I feel like the most Pisces Pisces, like she is so pure hearted and really, really wants to like, 
you know, spread good messages and spread optimism and spread cheer and spread kindness. And she just always just is just floats into her lessons. And but she also you can kind of tell just doesn't quite know how to deal with the density of this planet. And she's a little older. She's not like, you know, five or six, but she, she, the density of reality, I think is hard for her. And I think a lot of Pisces feel that way. It's just life's too, and I don't mean like life's too hard, like it's difficult, but I mean, like life is too hard. It's too dense. People are so mean. And, but then on the other hand, Pisces is always looking for the good in everybody. And they're always looking for the best of people. So even though, you know, Pisces might feel like the world is harsh, they're also constantly looking for the sunshine and the butterflies and the best and the good and the true in everybody they see. And they're looking for the connectedness and everything. So, you know, right now as we're, we're closing Pisces season and as we go into this time where Mercury is about to go in Pisces and the logic is probably going to be less valued and go out the window quite a bit, you know, I think it's important to check in and and remind ourselves that we're all connected and that we're all humans. And we're coming up on, we're at a year of being in this, you know, real fun time. And it's interesting that it started during Pisces season last year. I've never really connected that. But we've been in a year now of nebulousness and confusion and not knowing what's happening but we've also been in a time of extreme healing and con- and connected to our human selves in a way that I don't think that any of us had and we're also burnt out and we're tired and we're exhausted and we're pissed and we want life to go back to normal and you know I think it's going to I really do I f- the Jupiter, my Jupiter in me is I've been hopeful this whole time. And I, I really do now see like, guys, it really the light is here. And life, I know this has felt so long, but in the scheme of things, it's been a year. And we've lost a lot. And like different people have lost different things on different levels. So I'm not minimizing the loss. And even the time, like the t- and the things that have been lost and have been missed in this time are exponential. You know, people have not been able to have their weddings and funerals. Like they, I mean, God, to have to have this effect the way that you have a funeral, it's already like one of the shittiest things you have to deal with in life. And then on top of that, to have it happen in COVID. I mean, and there've been so many things like that that haven't been able to be shared with family members. And I'm not, I'm not dis. And, you know, you know, loss of life, loss of jobs, loss of finances. I'm not downplaying any of that. But I think that we have to remember that this, if all of that can happen in a year, all of the loss, all of the pain, all of the missed things, what can happen in two? What can happen in three? What good can come? Because we've gone through a time of having so much of our own pain put in our faces. And once we do that collectively, when you make space, light comes in. And I feel like collectively, that's what we've been doing. So I just want to say thank you for being here on this planet and continuing to do this with me and be a fellow human. And I love you and your light and your love.
and you can tell it's Pisces season because I'm never this, you know, fairy tale loving, but I, I feel it. Like I feel this energy right now and I think it's an important energy to embrace. And, you know, I'm resisting my Capricorn urge to make a ton of jokes right now because it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to feel this connected to other people. It's uncomfortable to be vulnerable. It's uncomfortable to let your guard down. It's uncomfortable to tell people you love them, especially those of them that, you know, I don't even know. I don't know most of you. I don't know a lot of you, but I do love you. And I feel, and I'm sure if I heard your stories, I'd probably get really connected and sucked in because that's how I am. (laughs) And I do have a capacity to find compassion for people that I don't always understand where it comes from. Um, but I think it is connected to this place of under, that we all have in us of we're all human and we all see that and we all see our connectedness if we were brave enough to access it. So on that, I'm going to wrap this up. This has been a very flowy episode. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. Um, please, you know, connect with me on Instagram. My handles in the show notes at Victoria G. Stevens um, and the podcast is at I Speak Human Podcast. Um, check out my website, victoriagreerstevens.com. Stevens always, by the way, is spelled S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. No V, guys. I'm on the PH team. Um, also, please, 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 if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Um, and leave a review. Share this episode. If you liked it, let me know. Please, please let me know. I really love hearing, um, you know, how this is helping you guys, if it feels like it's clicking. But I also want to hear if there you guys are confused or there's some, you know, there's or other episodes that I might could have that could bring more clarity. Please don't hesitate to let me know. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I don't know. I feel like I should like sign off with like God bless America or some shit now. I don't know. But... <laughs> We'll just leave it there. Love you guys. Bye.